me. Then look what happens. I looked in the chapel and what did I see? Many converts smiling back at me. They were happy, it was no surprise. The gospel light shined bright in all their eyes. We can share the gospel with everyone. Give pass along cards, you know it's fun. It is really so. And it seems to be, if you share the Book of Mormon, you will be happy. Well, welcome to Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. And it's uh, Sunday, March 24, 2019. <clears throat> Delighted to be with you as we share some additional thoughts about our experience in New Jersey uh, with our missionaries in the New Jersey Morristown Mission. Hence, the title of this episode is NJMM for life, meaning New Jersey Morristown Mission for life. That's right. That's what we all used to say. And tonight we want to, before we begin, we want to give a shout. Before oh. you do the shout out, I just want to note that that song that we did at the beginning of this is a song that uh, uh, Bonnie had taken the, of course, the melody and changed the words to it to fit and reflect uh, some of the life of our missionaries. And, uh, they all enjoyed it and thought it would be fun to start with tonight. And so we did. There you go. So our shout out tonight is to all of our missionaries and how great they all were. They all worked hard, were dedicated. We love them. And we, in fact, today at one of our state conferences, we ran into uh, one of our missionaries and his wife. And Elder Danny Wells. Yes, it was so great to see them. And it's, it's it makes our heart happy when we see our missionaries striving to live the gospel and keep the commandments and do the things that they learned in the mission. So sure does. Shout out to all of them. We love them and hope they're having a wonderful life as they stay on the covenant path. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, all 550 of them. Yes. You know, one of the main, uh, amazing things we experienced in our, our opportunity to serve as mission president and wife in New Jersey was uh, our, our primary reason for being there was to bless the lives of our missionaries. Next to that, of course, was an opportunity to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to all that would listen to us and to our missionaries. But make no mistake, we were, our primary focus was uh, to be there to bless the lives of our missionaries first. And I'm here to tell you, folks, they were absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, when we when we arrived in New Jersey, <clears throat> and the uh, the first time we met with uh, the, the the assistants to the mission president that were there at the time, I asked the question. I said, uh, uh, "This one missionary said he he was felt that he was in the greatest mission in the church," and I said, "Oh." Why is that? He didn't bat an eye. He didn't hesitate. He said, because we have the most obedient, most hardworking missionaries in the entire church. I thought to myself, really? Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? And we did. We really did. And I'm here to tell you, he was right. They were so obedient. They were good. They were hardworking. 
and we were so impressed with the mission that we stepped into. So it was a great start for us. Yeah, it really was. And also that that's a, a, an acknowledgement for the mission president and his wife, President Sister Lee Barr and his wife that were there uh, just immediately prior to us that were remarkable in uh, the mission that they ran. And and it was obedient and faithful missionaries that were hardworking and we really were blessed to take over a wonderful mission. Um, and <clears throat> one of the things that we felt that we needed to do is to be able to establish right at the beginning what we were about. So before we left, Bonnie had this little plaque prepared. Uh, and, and it's a brown plaque. It's about uh, 18 inches long and about uh, 12 inches in its height. And it has the word trust in, in the middle of it in large letters. And then at the bottom of it, it says, in the Lord with all thine heart. That was our, our entire effort. We wanted to help our missionaries to learn to trust in the Lord with all their hearts. Um, because it would impact and influence them in everything they do for the rest of their lives. And we wanted to be able to also help them to know that we absolutely trusted them in, in, in all circumstances. We, we, were never, we promised them we would never try to find them um, in breaking uh, rules, breaking or, rules or, yeah, or, or sleeping in or something like that. We always wanted to them to know that we trusted them because we did we did we really felt that the lord was sending to us some of the very best young men and women he had in the whole church blessing us to have them come to our mission and gosh if the lord trusts them why why shouldn't we so we we did we displayed this little plaque at all of our zone conferences our leadership trainings Whenever we were with the missionaries, that was up in the front to help instill in their hearts and minds that we, we trusted them and we wanted them to trust the Lord. Yeah. So uh, as we got to New Jersey, there, I thought we would just share with you a little bit of our routine and some of the experiences uh, that we had in that regard. Um, so a after arriving there, of course, we we had the opportunity to have a round of zone conferences uh, to meet all of our missionaries. And at that time, there was about 140 of them. And so there was, uh, if I recall, there was eight, eight or eight zones. And we visited each of those zones. <laughs> I, I remember um, as we visited them, uh, we wanted them to get to know us a little bit. Um, and so right after a, a you know, we, there would typically be, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 missionaries in his own conference. No, not I mean, maybe 30 in, a, in his own conference. And so, um, but was it the zone conference or just each zone? I think it was each, it was each zone conference. Yeah. Okay. So we started out with, uh, uh, a little song I pulled out my guitar and and played this song Gospel for sale or rent. You book 
maximum and 50 cents. No girls, no food, no pets, no, and we don't even watch a TV set. But 10 hours of a knocking on the doors gives you backaches and knuckle sores. I'm a Mormon missionary from the Latter-day Saints. Well, now here we were in New Jersey State. If I wasn't on a mission, I'd be going on dates. And every girl that I look at twice, well, she hurts because I know she's one of Satan's devices. Well, gospel for sale or rent. Yeah, books of woman, 50 cents. I'm a Mormon missionary from the Latter-day Saints. Well, now most missionaries have a girl that's swell. And after six months, they want to give a yell because many days have come and gone. And when the letter comes, it begins, dear John. Well, Elder Price, he had one like this. As I recall it, her name was Chris. And oh, he wanted to have her wait. But now she's got an eternal mate. Well, I don't know how he felt, but I have an idea because it had out a belt. I'm through with girls by all means until I get home. Gospel for sale or rent. Yeah, books are on the 50 cents. I'm a Mormon missionary from the Latter-day Saints. That's Very nice. But I can't believe you had to try and sell Book of Mormons for 50 cents. 50 cents. When I was a young missionary in New England in the ni- early 19, 1969, 1971, we sold Books of Mormon for 50 cents apiece. And now we can just give them away. Yeah. Which is so great. So that was our introduction to our missionaries. And since they they uh, uh, were have been carefully instructed not to bring instruments into the mission field, it was quite a surprise for them to have their mission president pull out a guitar and start to, uh, start singing this little song. But we, we wanted to have them express their talents, and yeah. we had them bring out their instruments. Yeah, we did, and, and asked them to please be sure if they were going to do so to use them in the work of the Lord, not to waste time with them, and that we would trust them to do just that. And they sang... Um, and played their violins, their guitars, their even brought bagpipes, their cello, their bagpipes at the uh, baptisms and other meetings. So it was it was very effective. Yeah, sure. So as we uh, uh, you know finished uh, greeting and getting to know all of our missionaries, we learned in a hurry um, after being there for just uh, I don't know a week or two weeks, we had a transfer. And I'd never experienced a transfer as a mission president before. We had this board uh, in our mission office and in our mission home, an identical board that showed each companionship uh, with a picture of the missionary and uh, their name and the name of the area that they were in. And they, they were all listed in their districts and zones. So we could see these and then it was the mission president's responsibility to um, decide, determine you know, where those missionaries should be for the next six weeks. 
and who they should be with and uh, uh, what area that they were going to serve in. And, and uh, boy, I've relied so heavily that first time on my two assistants to the president that were there that knew them all, and I didn't hardly know any of them. I just, just briefly met them. And it was an experience in having to truly rely on the Spirit of the Lord. And trust in Him. And trust in Him, exactly. To, to um, put these new companionships together. And one of the amazing things to me, Bonnie, that I, I've shared with other people before, is that every six weeks we, we would have uh, transfers. And um, not all the missionaries were transferred every time, of course. Maybe as much as a, a third of the mission might be transferred at a time. Um, but what was just so remarkable was here's this old guy that um, is from Salt Lake City that's called their mission president that would announce to them who they, which missionary was going to be their next companion, where they were going to be, and they could be with that next companion for as many as three to four and a half, even as much as six months in some cases. And you know, they were amazing. They trusted in they, you. They yeah. never complained they about never it. Complained. Not, not, not that I ever remember. To, there to may, our faces. Yeah, there may have been some that. Oh my gosh, do I have to go there or be with this person? Do I have or? to be with that person or? But they just trusted us. They trusted us to that that we were striving to know the mind and will of the Lord with regards to them and wow they would accept it and they would go and they did it and it was so remarkable to me so these transfers came every six weeks whether you were ready or not so we would go we would get a compliment that said who was coming on the mission and who was leaving we'd go to the airport and pick them up which was always exciting they were the always that were, the new ones that were coming they were always so excited and we would I'll be waiting there at the door at the entrance of where they were coming out to greet them at the airport. At the airport, and then we would um, get in our big vans and the uh, one of our senior couples, and that was another thing we loved our senior couples. We oh, relied on boy. them so much. We they sure took did. all of the suitcases and their luggage to the mission home, while we took all of these elders and sisters into the city of Newark. And while we were, while we we took them in, driving into Newark was just a little bit of an experience in and of itself for most of these young missionaries, many of whom had never seen anything like, uh, uh, like the streets of Newark. No, from up there, from little small towns, many of them, and, and as we out were, of the country. As we were driving in, we told them we were going to go experience the Fear Buster. So we get we got we drove them to the center of Newark, where there was a little tiny park. Um, There's a flagpole and oh, a couple of other little things. But uh, um, we had invited a, a number of missionaries to uh, come and be there that were already serving in the mission. They were time. seasoned and really and knew what they were doing. And they came and they they met. The, the new missionaries that we had just picked up at the airport and they paired up in in companionships. And we got around the flagpole and we... In a circle. Yeah, and we would sing... Call to serve. Call to serve. 
call to serve him, heaven the king of glory. That's and that we would uh, and those missionaries would sing that. Um, and about halfway through the the song, the senior companion just started running. And they would say, "Stick with me, stay with me, follow me wherever I go." So the new companion would just uh, was startled and saw his companion starting to run away from him. So they would catch up to them, and they just started contacting people on the street wherever they could find them. They would do it for about oh, 45 minutes to an hour. And then we would pick them up, and there was one experience where I picked up one of the new sister missionaries, and she said to me, Oh, Sister Jepson, that was so much fun. I couldn't hardly wait to do this. Were those all plants? Were they planted out there to help us contact people? And I said, No, <laughs> they were the real deal. Those were real people that you were contacting that some hadn't even heard about the missionaries until she was even more excited. She thought we had planted them out there. But it was a, a, a real, it really was a fear buster, helping them to lose their fear of contacting people and seeing that they could do it. So then we got back to the mission home where dinner was prepared and I had two wonderful sisters that would help me. Sister Pettit and Sister uh, Gurney helped me and uh, they were great. Uh, they had dinner all ready for us. So we had dinner and then they had interviews with Yeah, I had an John. opportunity to interview each missionary as they were coming and uh, just to get to know them and give some them some encouragement and, and to know that we loved them and we're so happy to have them. And boy, I tell you, they all come in different sizes and shapes and testimonies and uh, some some just scared to death and others just as confident as they could be and both uh, young men and young women. But what an absolute joy it was to have those, that initial interview with them. Uh, you know, it was especially delightful when I, or when we only had maybe eight or nine or 10 missionaries come and you could, you know, you could spend 15 or 20 minutes with each one of them. But when, later in our mission, uh, we were getting much larger groups. They were coming in, a couple of them were in the 30s and that made it very difficult to interview that many missionaries that evening and, uh, and still make it a meaningful interview for them. And then while you were in the interviewing them, I was we were just talking about their lives on waiting for your interview. Then they would all go to bed, and in the morning we would have breakfast for them that we would get up and serve them breakfast, and then we'd have a training meeting. And again, then we had Sister Kolbacher, my other um, sister helper, that would come in and help me with breakfast and clean as well. So they were very helpful. And then we had a training where yeah, they would bring right. in their companion or trainer companion and then after that we would well after the training meeting we brought in the missionaries that were going to be assigned as their the new their, companions yeah, their trainers and we would announce to them uh, who their their companion was going to be and it was just so much fun to see the, the look on the faces of each of the new missionaries as they looked at the person that was going to be their trainer and um, for the next six to 12 to 18 weeks, and gosh, it was just such a it was fun time. It was really fun, they enjoyed it. So after, uh, after then having a, a transfer conference with everyone and introducing all of our new missionaries, 
and hearing testimonies from the departing missionaries, our missionaries would would uh, pack up their luggage into the respective companion's car, and off they went to their areas. And then we would bring home the departing missionaries and have, a, again, a nice departing dinner with them. And then we would have a little um, chat with them afterwards about life, what they were going to do when they got home, and some advice, some suggestions. And then we just sang, played some games, and just had a great time. It was always sad to see them go the next morning. Some of them stayed up all night because they knew this would be their last day in the mission. Well, it's sad to see them go because we had come to love them so much and mm -hmm. we felt their love for us. And uh, um, But then we were er up very early the next morning to get them to the airport, usually by about 6 a.m. And, and again, uh, our senior couple would come in, the Lurchers and the Hendricksons would come in and there was another couple, wasn't there? It was those, just those two. Well, they were wonderful. And, uh, and again, our senior couples and our senior missionaries were just so remarkable and how we loved them. And they were so helpful in, in helping us, help our missionaries that, uh, you know, were, were an hour, two hours drive away when we needed help. And, and, um, they would take care of them. They too. would. They they just were so fantastic. We loved them all. We had a mission nurse that would really look out for them, and then the um, couples in the, or not just couples, but just senior missionaries that were in the office that took care of cars and and our newsletters and mailings and the the mail that would come. I mean, it just goes on and on. There was so much, and we were just so grateful for all they did. So every week we had an opportunity to receive a letter from each missionary that would review, uh, you know, their week and how they were feeling and what they were doing. And uh, I I read every single letter that came every week. That was the first little while. It was 140 letters a, a week, and those were really important to me so that I could get a a sense of how each missionary was doing and what they were doing was very helpful. Then every every six... We, I just wanted to back up. We always took the departing missionaries on a little field trip. We took them to the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, and then we would... Um, that was about a week before, and then we'd go to the Basilica in Newark, which was an amazing cathedral to see. Tried to show them some of the sites that... They didn't ever have time to go and see because they were so busy doing missionary work. So took them to a lunch usually. Oh, and then a lunch in New Jersey in Newark. That's right. We just usually a rib a rib place. Yes, we just had a, a lot of fun. It was oh, and then we always had a departing trip to the Manhattan Temple, that's right. and then we would take them up to Central Park and have lunch with them, and then we'd scurry back to New Jersey. So it was yeah. a full time and then with with John trying to read all those letters we we never had a oh, a downtime <laughs> we never did we were instructed in the in the MTC that we needed to be sure and take our preparation day every week on Monday that would be you know just for us to get away from the work and to rejuvenate well 
I think in three years we took two, maybe two, three of maybe them. Maybe three. I don't yeah, know. it was. We just didn't have time to do it. We just. Because went the, went. the schedule was such that it never let up. Those six, those missionaries were coming and going every six weeks, and you had to be ready for both sets, and and it was just uh, nonstop. We spent time also taking pictures when they came on the porch with the mission president and his wife, then as a group, and that was always fun to send that home to the parents, and parents really loved seeing their missionary on their yeah. fridge or wherever, so that was exciting. Yeah, so in, in, in during the three years we were there, we had uh, every quarter, every three months, uh, one month of the quarter, we would uh, have interviews where we would interview all of the missionaries in the mission. That meant we had to travel around to various places uh, where they would come and meet with us. And um, I would meet with each uh, missionary privately for about a 15-minute interview, and Bonnie would meet with um, each interview as the well. The companion. It wasn't an interview, but it, we had no. a nice visit with we them. We just visited with them, gave them a little scriptural message, asked about their health, about their their life, and if they were healthy and well. And Plus, you humble. took all this food that they loved. Yeah, they you, did love the food. You had in the, well, in the I just them, set up. So they didn't have to sit there, and they could eat and enjoy. and. Those interviews were really important for me to just uh, get the pulse of our missionary and to feel of his faith, the feel of what, how he's doing, how he's progressing, concerns or challenges that he or she was having, and to do all that we could to help them be as successful as they could be. And then the next month after the interviews, we would have uh, a zone conference in each zone. And, and that would be where we would be together for as much as, uh, well, maybe start at 9 in the morning and have training meetings and then um, have a, a, lunch a, a lunch together. That these wonderful Relief Society sisters and all the stakes put, put on for us. And we played a game to help them and that's the relax one. a little bit. And then you, you did the, the, the Be It Bag. That, yeah, Be It we, Bag that we, we talked about, about last week. Yeah. Then we went back in for more training, and it was a good day. It was a good time to be together and to reconnect. And And during those times, we had two themes. The first half of the mission was teach, testify, and baptize. And the next half of the mission was love, faith, and effort. So we used those, those themes as a method of motivation mm-hmm. and to keep in mind about what our, what our purpose really was uh, there as missionaries. And, and so then the third month of the quarter, we would have what we called specialized training. And in that, we would call missionaries f- from around the mission into uh, a particular place, and we would just train. We would teach them how to become better teachers. We would teach them how to be better companions. Uh, we'd teach them review mission rules. Um, but primarily, it was it was done to help them become better teachers, and how they use preach my gospel in all of their teaching, and listen to the to the impressions of the Holy Ghost, and to know how to effectively help people to make commitments, and then to follow up on those commitments, and 
to keep those commitments, teaching people how to pray and how to um, how to order their life so they could come to church. And anyway, it was all really amazing. And with all of that, we were hoping that it wasn't just going to the people that they were teaching, but we were hoping that it was being instilled and ingrained yeah. into their hearts so that they would keep it together when they got home. And then uh, we'd been out oh, on about, about a year. So it was in uh, a year, yeah, about a year. And, and President Monson makes this announcement about um, changing age. the age, age. of missionaries, uh, lowering the age. So there was this surge of new missionary, younger missionaries that uh, were coming and and uh, beginning in, I, th I think it was the, the, the first part of uh, 2015, we doubled in the size of our missionary. Instead of being about 135 missionaries, we went up to 255 missionaries. All of that was such an amazing challenge. We went from nine, oh, 20 sisters to 95 sisters. 95. It was fabulous. fun just getting apartments and mat beds and furniture and getting them all there and organizing it. It was, it was a great time to be in the mission. It really was. It was great to see the, the caliber and quality of these young men and women that were coming that were truly amazing and how we loved each and every one of them. So for, for three years, our involvement in the lives of all of these missionaries was truly remarkable. And we also had sisters because, you know, we had so many now that we could have little sister conferences and we'd get together and we would talk about things that were important for the sisters to learn and do. And those were some of my highlights. So we lived in Jersey, a little East Coast state. We knew it had huge potential to be spiritually great. So we shared the gospel to bring others to the fold. We told the story of the restoration, the best story ever told. We gave pass along cards, shared the Book of Mormon too, shared our testimony of God's love, helped others to be true. The missionaries of Jersey gave everything they could. They were consecrated servants and lived just like they should. Hearts were changed for the better, especially our own. Watching others make commitments really set a tone. Of God's children whose hearts softened, it's the best you see. It was the hardest work we ever loved. It was amazing. We both agree. And it was amazing serving with my companion. I'm sure there were moments when he wanted to transfer me, right? <laughs> Only a few. But <laughs> we loved being together, feeling powerful testimony and weekly trainings, um, singing together for and with the missionaries, having faith-promoting experiences. It was just fun being in Jersey, and we just loved it. And we were so grateful for the wonderful blessing. It was hard, hard to be away from family, but we all grew and became closer because of the service of our Heavenly Father to our Heavenly Father. Well, we did, sweetheart, and you you were absolutely amazing in that, and I've told many times uh, uh, one of the general authorities that came on a mission tour with us, he said to, to Bonnie, he said, Sister Jepson, you are the ideal mission president's wife. Oh, he was very nice. And you he really just, were. I mean, you were, well, you we, were amazing. We 
amazing. And we grew together. They loved you and, and, and using your talents, they loved your singing, your songs, your warmth and your love. And you were truly amazing. Well, we, we did it together and we didn't think we could do it, but we did because we put our trust I had a heavenly father. I had a one a good friend of mine who had been a mission president. His name was Bob Fotheringham. Happens to be a relative of mine. And before we left on our mission, just a, a month or two before we left, I was visiting with Bob, and he said, "John, you've got three major advantages over most mission presidents." <laughs> I said, "Really? What's that?" And he said, "Well, number one, you've had an amputation and you've overcome it. Number two." You play the guitar and sing. And number three, and most importantly, you have Bonnie. And uh, I thought that was classy. That was nice. It was nice. But well, you are our leader, and we wanted to finish with the song that we sang to our missionaries that was very touching. And as when, when we left, they sang it to us. They did. The whole mission uh, had all come joined together when we had our final mission conference together just before we left and and they all stood at the end of that meeting and sang uh, this song that we had sung to them so many times before and they wrote us all beautiful little goodbye notes and wishes and very touching and heartwarming and we love them all we sure do and there's there's no way we can pack into 30 minutes or 60 or 90 minutes uh, our three years of experience uh, in New Jersey with these remarkable missionaries. But uh, uh, I think we will next week and spend a little additional time on our mission and then we'll, we'll uh, conclude our mission experience. But here's the song that we sang to our missionaries. The Lord has called you forth to serve, to be His outstretched hands. To touch the lives of His lost sheep who live in foreign lands. So go in faith and find the souls who long to hear His voice. And God will bless you to make their hearts so rejoice. rejoice just trust in trust him trust your life in him and work and with all your might and shall great be shall be your joy your precious his sight that's all Notes from John with a babble from Bon. Good night. Good night.